Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. It really helps. And if you want to support us financially, we're on Ko-fi. That's K-O-F-I. And you can throw us a few dollars and we would so appreciate it. But really, ratings and reviews are kind of like the best thing you could do for a podcast. And some money. Don't downplay the money. Uh, the money is helpful. <laughs> the money, you know, hey, I, I can think of a few things. Um <laughs> Um, and we're just also flagging that, mm. um, poor Aaron has a little bit of a mic. Poor Aaron. Poor Aaron. Poor Aaron. Poor all of you. <laughs> so we're kind of, uh, we, we are not, you have a great, the microphone that you normally use is great. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, so, but we're not, we're not going to hear it tonight. We're not, we're going to hear my fucking Mac laptop, um, not this 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 microphone which hopefully will be fixed by next time um if not if you'll not... have to buy a new one and you know what would help with that money from kofi yeah if any, <laughs> if any of you out there are what do they call them fi- fin doms financial dominant that's like where they like get off and like giving money to people oh like, s- sexy wise oh like one of my one of my friends did that back in the day Oh, really? Like yeah, a rich a rich friend was No, they were money? on the uh, no, they oh, were okay. receiving money from oh, okay. like from these daddies who were just like, "Ooh, take my money." <laughs> so if any, anyway, if anyone's like that, um or if you just want to help out. Just help in a totally uh non-sexual way. <laughs> Whatever gratification you get out of it is your business, honestly. <laughs> um but maybe it can just be fixed for free also. Yeah, um, that's I'll a have, dream. Yeah, I'll have the in-house IT take a look at it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in the next uh, couple of couple of days. Well, that sounds that sounds great. Um, we are doing another news dump because it just sometimes it feels like the news comes so mm-hmm. fast uh, at us that there's a lot to process, and not talking about certain things feels like wrong um mm-hmm. and also yeah so we're just gonna yeah use this as a another platform to process kind of all or some actually not all there's so much bad there's so much news mm-hmm. but just like processing a whole bunch of it um and yeah that's what we're gonna do today it is uh, where would you like to uh where would you like to get started on our smorgasbord of topics here uh, well, you know, maybe just the one that's on my mind the most actually is just the totally devastating situation and with the earthquake in mm. um, Syria and Turkey. Um, the last time I checked earlier today, uh, the death toll has risen to over 12,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um it was a 7.8 magnitude earthquake and then there were a bunch of aftershocks, but it just feels like the stories um, are harrowing. It feels like, I mean, I, the amount of people who I think are dying because they just can't, they can't get help the uh, fast enough. They're stuck under the rubble. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they either are dying because it's too cold or of starvation or of like to air deprivation or like not 
just basically that people can't get to them fast enough and like mm-hmm. the idea that others can hear them like calling for help it kind of almost feels like um the way in like the titanic where people were like in the water crying out and then it suddenly became silent that's kind of what i heard on one of the bbc like someone was describing that and i just like oh it just sent a shiver down my spine it's like giving me it was just a sad stomach ache like the last couple of days when i'm checking in on the the news and also kind of because there's so much um a a politically perilous situation in syria where they've already had a civil war for 10 years Mm -hmm. there's not any real humanitarian help coming to them like half of the country is um controlled by like a rebel frack faction and um there's just no help actually getting to Syria right now. Um, and, and humanitarian aid, people don't really know how to do that. And on the other hand, um, with Turkey, uh, there's a lot of aid coming from different places because people want Turkey to kind of, they want to signal their support of Turkey or their support because Erdogan, who's kind of a shitty dictator, you know, Mm. is still a major player Whereas Syria is just like absolutely on its knees and kind of, there's no there's nothing quote unquote in it i think for the international community which just makes me sick um so anyway just thought we'd jump we'd jump into something really awful first just, just dive right in yeah. yeah um like you said we think about the toll of it when like you said we already know over twelve thousand people have died that people are still stuck under the rubble some with injuries um and i mean we're still we're seeing people get rescued from the rubble still today um which is heartening in a sense because sometimes there are those rescue missions where from the because i remember that building that exploded totally different situation but in florida yeah um like the sinkhole situation where like they pretty much couldn't pull anyone out alive yeah um so i mean this is a much larger scale so you know you would hazard to guess that um just with more people being impacted maybe there's a higher likelihood of some survivors but um, like you said, some people are in areas are harder to get to than others, so it's just really heart wrenching to think about the actual human cost in this and how many people are suffering right now, and you know the loved ones of those who have died or will. You know, it's just and it hit in the middle of the night, so yeah. people were sleeping, um, and followed by the aftershock. There might be more aftershocks. Um, really scary um devastating stuff and while aid is more successful in getting to some areas than others um for this and for you know any issue where people feel they have the ability and desire to donate funds you can go to either charitynavigator.org or charitywatch.org to find um charitable organizations that actually give the money <laughs> to the places yeah. and do so you know in an ethical manner in a manner that's effective so um that's one thing people can do if they have the ability to do so but it's i mean seeing it feels things like natural disasters of this scale feel apocalyptic and in some sense unavoidable and then in others not what we know about the climate crisis and just the the impacts of that um you know, do do feel avoidable, but I don't know if 
this earthquake is tied to that or not, honestly. Right, right. <laughs> it's so hard to know. Earthquakes happen. <laughs> um, but I don't, yeah, so I don't know. And then I was seeing that on Monday morning there was um, Buffalo, New York was hit with the strongest recorded earthquake that they'd had in 40 years. It was only a 3.8, but because of some of the like infrastructure there, I guess you can sometimes feel it more. Um than the magnitude would indicate. But either way, it wasn't a devastating earthquake like the other, the one in Syria and Turkey was, but it did make me kind of um, worried. You know, is it is it connected? Is it not? Um, mm-hmm. Something for me to, to look into and research for, but um, regardless yeah. of whether there's a connection there, it's really... Yeah, beyond heartbreaking, devastating, and especially when you consider the inequity in who is receiving aid. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, that's real. <laughs> um, yeah, so just, I mean, there, there's not a whole lot more, at least, like, at this point to say, aside from just that it's really sad, and I worry that with Syria, I mean, it kind of, the it makes me think of how like Haiti has not recovered from um, the earthquake that they had in like 2006 or like, you know, it was like a long time ago and they just have never um, kind of been able to get out from under that. And now the country is in total um, chaos again after a bunch of, after their leader was assassinated last year. I don't know. It just seems like there are some countries that feel like they really can't catch a break. And uh, maybe Syria re- Syria recently feels like one of those that's just had nonstop issues. Uh, yeah. Okay, you know, tumult. Absolutely. Moving into other awful shit. Um, the attack on the rights of trans individuals in this country, um, particularly trans youth. Uh, last year, a record number of 315 anti-LGBTQ bills were filed in state houses across the U.S. Um, and of those, a large number had to do with denying trans youth the ability to receive gender-affirming medical care, um, as well as participate in school athletic programs. And the expectation is that more are going to be filed this year in 2023. Um both Arkansas and Alabama have passed laws um, to ban gender-affirming care. They're both tied up in court um, at the moment. But Utah, in 2023, being the first state this year, passed a law to prevent gender-affirming care. Mississippi is looking like it will be the next. Um, and we've said this again, or we said this before, and we should say this again. Um, providing gender-affirming care to trans people is providing the medical care that's necessary. Um, It's as simple as that. People try to make it really complicated. These individuals need access to healthcare and denying them that um, is a quote that I liked is this law effectively bans access to life-saving medical care. Um, and that's from Brittany Nice from the executive director of the ACLU in Utah, because it is life-saving care. Um, the data shows us that access to gender-affirming care is associated with better mental health outcomes, and that lack of access is associated with higher rates of suicide, depression, self-harming behavior. 
there's no there is literally no reason to deny trans kids access to this care there is no reason there are yeah there are misconceptions and myths that are perpetuated about what this care is what it means Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day um all of the all of the major medical organizations um agree this is health care it's being made into this political issue into this fear-mongering issue about everything other than it, it what it is and it's bullshit it is hurting people it is killing people and these attacks are they're violent they're unnecessary and in terms of ways to help um i mean speaking up when you're talking to a family member who maybe doesn't know what the hell they're talking about and the way that they're speaking about trans people is inaccurate and fucked up. Speak up. Correct them. Be the person in their life that calls them out and makes them think about what they're saying and maybe changes the way that they vote on things like this. Um, if you can donate, donate. If you can volunteer, um, the, there's you can look into local opportunities. There's also the Transgender Law Center. They have volunteer opportunities for both lawyers and non-lawyers you know they're it's important for a toy squeak um it's really important right now that all of us as uh, cisgender people are true allies and you don't let a comment pass you by and certainly you will have discussions with people whose minds might not change but it's your responsibility to try to educate people who are ignorant to the realities of, you know, of this issue. Um, so I don't know. That was a an inarticulate way to say no. <laughs> speak up uh, for trans people um, who can speak up for themselves, but they're currently being you know, these laws are being written and people are attempting to enact them to harm them. And it is the responsibility of the majority to speak up for the the minority. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it's just fucked up, ignorant, bigoted, bullshit discrimination um, that is not based in fucking anything. It's really, there's right. nothing, there's no, there's no argument for denying um, services to trans people whatsoever. Right. It seems like it's a lot of these laws, I mean, all of them, I would go as far as to say, are um, passed or proposed against the medical consensus, against what is mm-hmm. medical consensus um, in, uh, for most, most well-respected medical organizations um you know the ones in oklahoma and south carolina making Mm -hmm. proposing making it a felony to provide hormonal or surgical transition treatment to um, transgender people younger than 26 i mean we're talking about something that's like uh such a like a restriction of of autonomy in the same way that we talk about you know abortion rights uh i mean it's it's 
it's different, but it's, it's uh, fundamentally you're stepping into a relationship between a person and their, their healthcare provider. Um, when it gets, you know, what people try to get it, people try to perceive it as more murky when it's between a child and their healthcare provider and because parent there's, you know, a, an element of parental, um, input there. Uh, and I think that that's like, it just, because there's this broader movement to give parents more control over what their kids are learning in public schools, what books their kids are reading, like everything that's also extending to, um, uh, parents deciding things about their child's, um, identity, um, and autonomy that I think get really, really, um, it just gets really (coughs) dark really quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I I think a lot of people are confused, like I'm giving some people the benefit of the doubt here. Um, like I know that I've had conversations with people who are, um, just, uh, wondering like what, they're like they're just confused I think a lot of a lot of boomers I've had some conversations with boomers who are just genuinely like asking um like they're gen- they are genuinely asking questions like they're trying to find they're trying to understand what what is right you know what what is being what are we trying to say and what is, what does the trans community want and need? And I think that that's okay. Like we should, but we should just, um, try to provide as, um, clear and, and, um, like as clear answers as we possibly can now talk about, I'm being inarticulate right now, but like, um, I, I, uh, this one really, this one gets me for a variety of reasons, but there's also, I have to come up with a better way of saying this, but Honestly, like, there's an article in the New York Times that's, like, the picture of the guy with the Oklahoma bill, and he's, like, and there's a bunch of women around him. This picture makes me so mad. Um, It's Governor Kevin Stitt um, signing a bill barring transgender girls and women from girls and women's sports teams, making it a felony to provide transition treatment to transgender people younger than 26. And there's – he's surrounded by all – women and a bunch of girls who are like holding up signs that say save women's sports and like (sighs) the sports issue to me is like really um I I don't know how to say it aside from like if you think among the many 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 serious issues facing our like facing the world, like global extinction from climate change and like, Mm -hmm. you know, earthquakes killing 12,000 people in one morning. Um, There's so many things that we need to be focused on. And you're going to tell me that like this minority population of people who are the most vulnerable in our society, like, and especially the children, the people who are under 18, who need support, resources, um, love and protection from this. We're actually just 
legislating aggressively for them to feel worse, more isolated, less able to access resources and just like push them further into the hole that they're already feeling like they are in or at risk of being in, in terms of, like you said, depression, anxiety, suicide ideation, like it is all bad. And it, it, it makes me very upset. Um, and, but also, and also frustrated because it's just sort of like, like, fuck everyone who thinks that this is like what we should be talking about. Like, just move it the fuck along. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> Sorry. Let the kids play the fucking sports. Like, and, yeah. the, and the fact is that the most of the studies support the idea that trans athletes don't have an unfair advantage in sports, especially when you're looking at like the high school, college levels. Um, it's not even. <laughs> And when you talk about like sports advantages, think about the kids whose families have the money to pay for extra training for their kid. Mm -hmm. And some parents and families don't have that money. So one kid gets the training that they can access through school and the other gets this private tutor, essentially. Mm -hmm. One has an advantage over the other. It has nothing to do with their gender identity. Um, Some kids are taller than other kids. Some kids have like there's a natural variance within the abilities of cisgender athletes and trans athletes. Yeah. And we're not regulating all of that. We don't have different height category. You know, it's not like we have a hundred different basketball teams for every age group where we divvy it out by height and by this and by that. Like it's not, there's no like there's no fucking reason to do this like to try to separate out these trans kids and not let them play mm-hmm. on the team that they should be playing on based on their gender identity there's yeah. no fucking reason all it does is alienate an other a group of kids that doesn't need to be treated that way yeah. um there's no it's cruel um it's abusive I would say like, it's just, yeah, there's no, there's no fucking need for it. Let, let them play. It's so ugly. It's so ugly. I I was having a conversation with someone who said like, well, what would you say if your daughter was uh, playing and was at the peak of like, you know, worked really hard to get into college or worked really hard to get on the team or worked really hard at a game and got like beaten by someone who, you know, is a transgender um, girl. And I, I was like, what you would say is you did great. Yeah. And like sometimes, and if you feel that like sometimes you feel like things are unfair and like that life is unfair, but you did really well and you just, you lost this one. Like, and that's okay. And like, that's not, you know, but I don't, I don't think that the conversation would really be coming up. You know, I would hope that the conversation wouldn't be ideally if we're we ideally the world has just moved on by the time I have a child playing hopefully they're hopefully they're just not playing sports because I don't really want to watch sports um (laughs) I can't imagine like loving a child enough to watch sports I'm sorry um like I just can't I'm on my period right now and I'm just not Maria did off camera or off recording state (laughs) that she's in a mood I'm in a mood. I am totally, my uterus is on fire. Um, but I, you know, I shouldn't say I can't imagine, lo- I can imagine loving a child a whole lot, but I just can't imagine like enjoying sitting and watching them play a sport. So 
<laughs> I'm sure that that will change. Info. This is new info to me, honestly. Really? Like, yeah. I, uh, you, sitting, you like, like to watch different sports, like professional. Do I? Uh, baseball. I His, like watching baseball. And historically, not always. It's not present day, but there have been periods of time, I feel like. like. professional male athletes playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you're just thirsty. Kind of. You know, it's like but there's nothing for wrong me. with that. There's <laughs> for me. <laughs> We're gonna do another episode on this. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean I'm just I'm basically I'm picturing like a very brightly lit, like sweaty gym that kind of smells like a high school gym and you're just sitting there like watching a basketball practice, being like, Oh man, I could be doing literally anything else. <laughs> Well, anyway, you know, we all have our interests and the thing like there will be certain things I'm sure with my kid where I'm like, not the most interested, but by God, I will. I will fake it for you. I know I'll be yeah. there. I'm not saying I won't be there. You know, maybe in maybe she in 20 may years. Not, may like, not have bells on. May not have bells I on. I may not have. And maybe I will. Maybe I'll surprise myself pleasantly. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I think, I don't know. I think you might. There <laughs> But yeah, my kid, if she, regardless of how <laughs> she ends up identifying, if she can, you know, if she is a cis girl and she gets beat by a trans girl at a sport, it's like, I, I, the conversation shouldn't be any different right. than if she gets beat by a cis kid, unless she starts bringing up some like weird anti-trans shit and she's got to get corrected. But like, right, you know, and it's then- like, if you lose, you lose. And it's, the other kid could have any... One, trans kids don't have advantages over cis kids. And two, the other kid could have any number of other advantages or circumstances that we know nothing about. So, like, all you can do is raise kids to work hard and be confident in their own abilities and to not tie their self-worth into whether or not they win a sports game. And to be kind to their teammates and to those who beat them or to who they beat and just be, like, decent human beings. Yeah, I, I think like even if they did bring up, like you said, like it would be a, it would be a very weird conversation that hopefully would, you know. But if they brought up something about like physical, the phys- physical differences or something, you would say like, I mean, or at least I imagine one thing that I feel is like, like relatively important is like you you as you have so many other you have other advantage you you are advantaged in like every other way, and this person is like has has a lot more to deal with and like if that just means that in this one instance they are like slightly better at a sport or they you know whatever I mean honestly like I I guess I guess there's a part of me that's just like who fucking cares I know that's I know it's probably a bias because it's just not I I not like a didn't play sports competitively so I'm I'm sure that there's that there it gets I know it gets very intense but like come on you just have to be like life isn't fair if just like it also comes down to life isn't fair so if this one thing you feel isn't fair it just isn't like that's fine that's part of life like so we move right along you know like yeah. I don't know <laughs> yeah move move on everyone and the thing is there are some people that this certain type of parent that is always going to look for an external reason as to why their kid didn't meet their expectations. Right. And I think it's easy for these parents to point their fingers at trans kids, even if these kids have nothing to do with 
anything that this parent is upset about. It feels like this might be an easy scapegoat for them. Um, just because there's already like ignorance and bigotry around it. And they'd be like, well, my kid would be the best in the world. And the thing is, a lot of times, like, you'll see these families like protesting against, oh, a trans kid being included, and their kid ends up winning. You know, it's like, <laughs> just cool your shit. Um, yeah. And there was a, a survey in 2015 um, where they found that 22% of trans girls who were perceived as trans in school were harassed so badly they had to leave school because of it that's a fifth you know and so we talk about advantages yeah um you also have to think about like how are these kids being treated and Mm -hmm. who does it serve to deny them entry to a fucking sports team yeah, I mean, like, let who them is play? being harmed? What? No one there's, is being harmed. There's no reason not oh. to let these kids play. And there's every reason to. Like, it's so fucking, like, bigotry for the sake of bigotry. Like, othering for the sense of othering. It's fucked up evil. And I... <sighs> they need to stop picking these, like, the, the right needs to stop picking these, like, boogie monsters that they create out of just, like, regular human beings living their lives because they don't understand them. Like... Right. Go fuck yourself. Move on. If you don't like it, you can get out of this country. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's right. Um. It's it's uh it's probably a good tr- good transition over to Disney and DeSantis just because he has been on one ever since Disney dared to, you know, publicly oppose him on the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Uh, mm-hmm. So. This is like one that I again like not super well versed. I just you know I, I we already know DeSantis is like putting his thumb in the eye of like I don't know, all just all normal uh, the sort of status quo of of just regular good behavior and good governance. Like mm-hmm. he just doesn't want um, he he he's obviously looking for his presidential run, and so he's doing absolutely everything he can to appeal to. Um, MAGA uh, Republicans and also Ugh. like quote unquote like regular <laughs> like more uh, like the quote unquote more respectable Republicans um, in his party um, but basically it looks like he's trying to take control of the town of like Reedy Creek uh. Improvement District uh, which is the town in which it's basically like Disney's government uh um basically i i i I learned so much in the last year uh, just just from reading like about how disney has this like municipality where they Mm -hmm. they run like all the different utilities and they can build whatever they want and they have all this they, they have all this control over this area this little area i mean Mm -hmm. it's like their little fiefdom and so desantis is trying to take it away um Mm -hmm. he and they're trying to take away anyone being able to be uh i guess in charge that has been a part of disney in the last three years like um he's he's just trying to like i i'm not 100 percent clear on he's passing a bill where he will like have control over or take take control away from disney um and they are going to appoint like a board of supervisors um to 
make decisions that otherwise Disney, Disney for the last like 50 plus years has been able to make. Um, and they'll be able to talk about like regulations and codes and decide basically just basically take complete control away from, from Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, which seems like playing with fire because Disney employs so many people and brings in so much money. It's like one of the major reasons people go to Florida from across the country. Like it's not um, for the Gators. It's not, it's not. And if it is, if people are going, that's, that's, Ugh, I guess there that's, are like Gator tours. I'm just, I'm not, there are. if I see a fucking fountain in Florida, I'm walking the other direction. I don't trust. Oh, I mean, no, thanks. No, thank you. Mm. Um, I've seen enough TikTok videos where like Gators just pop out of the, you know, the, the bushes. <laughs> it's really yeah. awful. Um, anyway, uh, they're going to try to dissolve this Disney, you know, government essentially by the end of 2023. I actually think it might be in the summer that they're going to try to just basically reduce their control to almost nothing. Um, and you know, this is just another power grab from DeSantis and it's another way to gesture to the right that he is, you know, on the right side of all these like policies that he's calling woke basically. But like, you know, anything that has fallen under race or gender or public health, like he's just wanting to uh, gesture that he is, uh, he thinks it's all bullshit and we should all look like him, think like him, dress like him. And (laughs) Uh, what a world it would be. Yeah, he sucks. No, thank you. He yeah. sucks. Yeah, he's awful. Um, that wasn't no. super articulate, but <laughs> that's my understanding. No, you're a queen. No, exactly like you were saying, like, it was purely retaliation for Disney saying it would fight the um, the don't say gay law. Um, and now I guess Disney is planning to sue Florida. Um, and they think it may... <sighs> their strategy might be to just to fight with DeSantis until he runs for president and can't really fight them anymore. Um, so we'll see, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Just say, I also, he makes me nervous as a, as a candidate and a person. And I feel like any Republican and half the Democrats that would run and all of the Republicans, I'm like, what if you could get someone in there that would just like, do it better <laughs> but would also oh. need to have some level of you know cooperation that would be great that would or, be great yeah you know i don't know a monarchy where like i'm in charge so i'll be cool you know what i mean yeah like, yeah i won't be like you know the rude version of the monarch i'll be like cool about it you'll be a cool monarch <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> Uh, no, we don't need a monarchy, but we don't need what we've got either. I don't know. You know, I hate to. I'm looking at a stupid picture of Ron DeSantis with a sign that says freedom from indoctrination. And then there's people behind him with stop signs that say stop woke. And then a, a sign that says like CRT with a line through it. Uh, but, you know, the whole concept of freedom from indoctrination, like he is indoctrinating all the books that he's pulled out of schools like you know (laughs) all the don't say gay that is like you are in that's an indoctrination that you can't 
Hypocrisy on the right? No! (laughs) (laughs) Not DeSantis. It's just the level of nastiness and anti-education and uh, anti, you know, I don't know. It's mean. It's 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 mean. It's ignorant. It's nasty. And he represents like absolutely just again, like he's a more evolved, dangerous strain of um, Trump Trumpism yeah. because he's a little bit more savvy. Exactly. Like he he says things that are objectively awful, but he doesn't like mystique. Mm hmm. You know, like and he doesn't. He's more, like, calculated. Yeah. Trump is just sort of like a... (laughs) (laughs) He's less effective. You know, Trump's less effective. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway. We'll see what happens there. Um, State of the Union? Shall we do a spend a moment there? Let's get over there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... It was so when I started watching it, I initially like I was like, "Am I gonna watch this?" Because <laughs> the first few minutes, I felt a little cringe. Um, mm-hmm. It, I wasn't sure. All right, what what are we gonna be doing here, Joe? Um, yes, <laughs> I know you must say like, "Yay, Kevin McCarthy's here!" Right? Um, do we have to clap for Mitch McConnell? I don't know, Joe. No. We don't. Um, but I will say, I don't know. I, it wasn't, I think it was a pretty good State of the Union, um, honestly. I was texting you about it, and I feel like it was like Joe Classic, where he's pretty much always earnest. Sometimes he's cringe. Sometimes he's charming. Sometimes he's confusing. Sometimes he's inspiring. Um, but he did... He seemed to me, at least, like competent the whole time. Like he wasn't, his thoughts weren't getting mishmash. It's just like he has a speech impediment, and that's fine. And like, if you know the, you know the ways that it works when you, when you stutter and things like it, that's kind of what I would see in those moments where I'm like, all right, let me just take a step back and like see if I understand what you're saying. And I feel like that's not really something to criticize someone for and I feel like that is part of the criticism that he faces mm-hmm. is not for his what he's actually saying but for the times in which he kind of like you know uh, falls over his words um so I'm not gonna come for him for that he he had a few jokes that were a little like okay mm-hmm. granddaddy yeah <laughs> <laughs> like here, here we are gathered um but he did kind of like get everyone to agree that they weren't going to come for like Medicare or social security. That was quite a, quite a moment. Yeah. He went off script and um, he had referred to somewhere in my notes. I have the the person who was um, actually trying to come for social security, Medicare, but he was speaking to the fact that some um, Republicans, not all, not even a vast majority wanted to sunset um, social security and Medicare payments to seniors. Um, and a lot of Republicans were booing that, calling him a liar. Um, oh, Rick Scott. Rick Scott had proposed that in the, mm. in the midterms. Um, so he basically was like, all right, so are we all agreeing that social security and Medicare are off the table? 
we all agree everyone in the room agrees great uh um and was able to to do that which i thought was cool he referenced some things that i didn't even realize um his administration had done um like cutting credit card late fees down 75%, going after junk fees that add up. Um, you know, he referenced the fact that big oil made $200 billion in the midst of an energy crisis and that that's fucked up. And he spoke to the fact that we're still going to be relying on oil for a hot minute, um, but that we need to look in other directions. Uh, he spoke to the cap on insulin um, for seniors on Medicare and that we need to expand that, that by 2025, there's going to be a $2,000 a year cap for seniors drugs um, who are on Medicare, which is huge. And that actually cuts the deficit by billions of dollars because Medicare is the one who's purchasing these drugs. Um, and he mentioned he was a capitalist. We know that, honey. Right. Um, <laughs> unemployment rate 50 year low which is good but it's also like but what is how many people can afford to live despite having jobs um spoke to all the bipartisan joe bidening he done i guess over 300 pieces of legislation uh passed that was bipartisan i don't know what all those are so like one the example he gave was the toxic bird pits which was like the least <laughs> The fact that there was ever any question in passing that was fucking bonkers. <laughs> it almost didn't pass. Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty insane. Yeah, but I guess we're also like the fastest growth in manufacturing jobs in 40 years, which I didn't know. In yeah. Inflation's down over the last six months. Yeah, but it was like pretty crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Bipartisan Chips and Science Act. More chips, yes. Um <laughs> More manufacturing, more factories called factors, which I'm unclear about, but apparently $130,000 a year for jobs without a college degree. Infrastructure, which Pete Buttigieg stood for. Yes, infrastructure reform. Um, I guess the most recent infrastructure law was the biggest shit since Eisenhower. Like, great. Replacing lead pipes in homes. Sh love it. Um Fortune 500 companies, $40 billion in profits, no federal taxes. Now they have to pay a minimum of 15% taxes. Elizabeth Warren, she was clapping. She was loving it. Um, and wanting to restore the child tax cut. Um, a lot of, yeah, he spoke to a lot of things that actually have been accomplished that I didn't necessarily know about. And also spoke to things that he wants to accomplish. I feel like perhaps alluding to the fact granddaddy is going to be trying to run again, which I don't, I know. I don't like he, I mean, he came across pretty, pretty dang good. He was on brand. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I like him. I do like him. I like Joe Biden as a person. I think he's a nice guy. I know. I think he's done some like, good shit and I think that he is an earnest person but I don't I think he has served a real like purpose um but I think yeah. we're ready to um move to maybe someone not just younger but like a, a different generation a different we've been seeing 
the same types of people, you know, in positions of power for a very long time, especially when you think about the presidency and maybe it's time for someone who's not an old white man. It's beyond time. It is time. It's maybe. been time. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll let the pang in my uterus just like drive my, my attitude tonight. Um, no, it's time. And I did think like, I totally agree with everything you've said, and um, this was him soft launching his mm-hmm. uh, his second term run. Um, I hear what he's saying about the soul of the nation. I hear it, and the blue collar, the gesture to you know, or not more than a gesture, but kind of uh, trying to make sure that people um, who are more moderate and people who consider themselves like more in the blue collar, um community of the country uh are hearing him and that Mm -hmm. he's reaching them um at this point um i think that the soul of the country kind of needs a little a little refresh a little rebrand um (laughs) how do we rebrand the soul of the country i want to rebrand the soul a little bit uh (laughs) um just needs a little tune-up um and it's the same people have had the same voice for, for like you've said, the whole time, like basically the the entirety of our, our country's history. Um, and Biden has, uh, look, he's a good guy. <laughs> but uh, I'm not thrilled about him running again. I, uh, I think this was, I think it says something that this was like the best he could have hoped for in terms of a performance for the state Mm -hmm. of the union. And it's not that it was bad. It was actually quite good. But I think that's also because our expectations were kind of low. And I was actually pretty nervous about like how he was going to appear. He's not great answering press questions. He's not great. Uh, um, He used to be great off the cuff, but now he's, he's generally, he's just, he's fading and it's because he's, he's extremely old. Um, And it's just, and he, he did a lot in his first, the first two years. He's going to do a lot less in the, these two years because Kevin McCarthy's speaker. Um, oh, Kevin. Smug Kevin. And, uh, Kevin. Kamala yeah. was like getting her fucking squats in with all her she, standing ovations. <laughs> and Kevin, a few times, he's like, I'll do it. But mostly he just stood there or sat mostly there. Mostly he just sat there. I mean, shook his little head no a few times. God, his face is really quite a frustrating one. Um, oh, speaking of frustrating faces, the uh, lemon Marie Antoinette <laughs> face of uh, Kristen Cinema. That's a dumb dress. <laughs> a dumb dress. I like you the color. Here. I like the color generally. I'm a huge fan of like the bright lemons and limes. I have lime green Crocs, so I'm just saying. But for the State of the <laughs> Union. God, but that's no. her point. She's like, yeah, for the State of the Union, you know, like so. That's why it's irritating. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Um, also, uh, Biden did he did speak about police brutality, which I was curious how he was gonna, oh yeah, go about that. Um, he did basically say, like, you know, we can't have black and brown people in this country at greater risk of 
going out to go for a drive to go to the store and not come home because a police officer has killed them yeah um so bare minimum that he also said we we asked too much of cops which i agree with when he framed it as like we asked these social workers the psychologists like yes there are cops are being sent into situations i don't think that they are trained to handle mm-hmm. um he also said the vast majority of police officers are honor- honorable people um and in my little notes my little stream of consciousness notes i took while i did it in parentheses i put what percent beat their wives yeah i meant to, I meant to look that up because i know it's yeah i think i think our uh, our fact sniffer <laughs> is on the is on the task um but i'm pretty sure it's quite it's definitely higher than the general population mm-hmm. um he Biden also did speak to the fact that if you want to, no one wants violence in their neighborhoods, but if you want to prevent violence, you have to fund public goods like education, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate because you have a lot of law and order, uh, quote unquote, law and order people who don't really understand that like more cops doesn't mean less violence, um, typically. Mm-hmm. You want to prevent violence and crime you create a world where people can get by and live um by other means um biden also spoke to the fact that chokeholds had been banned under his administration that the no knock warrant had some stipulations added to it that there are more things to do that he wants to ban assault rifles um tyree nichols parents were there um and you know, I think it's, I think if they want to be there, it's great that they're there. I always feel weird when it's, like, someone fresh off a tragedy is at one of these things, yeah. and everyone's, like, clapping. Yeah, I, I didn't, I don't, didn't feel good to me. I mean, like, because nothing's going to happen, like, from a cynical perspective. Like, nothing is going to get legislated <laughs> in the next two years when it comes to police violence, or nothing substantive. Like, so what are we doing? I mean, mm-hmm. of course, if they want to come, I'm, I'm, I'd rather they be like invited and given this, the space and the seat. And like, I've, I'm much better that they be invited and, and be there um, if they want to be, but it is like you say, it, it really makes me grief. feel, yeah, it just makes me feel very um, weird. Yeah. And it's like, they were seated. They were in between Bono or no, Brand- so Brandon, um, the the young man who stopped the the gunman in the shootings at the dance halls. Mm-hmm. Forgetting Brandon's last name now. Um, but he was seated in between Tyree Nichols' parents and Bono. And I was like, this is a weird moment. Um, mm-hmm. And Tyree Nichols' parents were saying, you know, like that they want something good to come from from his death. And, you know, Biden was parroting that and saying, we hope, you know, let's pass some, some more shit, basically. But it's still like, I don't know, it's just, it's a weird, again, if they, if they wanted to to go down that way, then like, do it. But it just feels like this weird spectacle that... It doesn't make light of their loss, but it is this weird sort of, I don't know what the right word is for it, 
Um, but it definitely feels like they're there as some sort of prop, even though I don't think that was the intention. But it's just weird when you get these people who are grieving this huge fucking loss in their life at the hands of an institution built within, like, the confines of this thing that we're celebrating. Mm-hmm. And then people are just, like, clapping. Yeah. You know, it's just... It's yeah. Like, I think the clapping was absolutely, just, like, so, like, show support to them. But it's... I don't know. It's just, like, what... Like, where's the weight? Like, if we're gonna address right. this, like, let's fucking address it. Let's just not have it be, like, a few lines in your address. Right, when you know, because otherwise it feels like the people, okay, everyone's clapping and, and like, I mean, the bar is extremely low. So I'm like, wow, good for good for the lawmakers who are so generally poorly behaved that everyone could at least come up, get up and clap for, uh, but for this family. But I, I, it's, it's, it's also, it's kind of a middle finger. It's, it's such a gesture because it's like, nothing substantive or even in subs mm-hmm. like non-substantive nothing is gonna happen which is why biden was just like do something and it's like mm-hmm. nope we can't we won't yeah and they could and i mean they could maybe maybe they will uh but um but likely likely no from what we've seen um so yeah it's one of those things where it's like yes they deserve to be included but are you all including these individuals because you want to feel like you're doing something without actually doing something like, Oh, I clapped. Yeah. Did you clap? Okay, great. Is some, is another person of color going to be like killed by the cops in the next two days? Right. Don't, don't, don't clap. Legislate, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of don't boo vote, don't clap. Legislate, just legislate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that um kevin mccarthy shushed the hecklers at different points mitt romney was like let's see like let me control f mitt um <laughs> he clapped for like a few things like capping insulin costs for everyone not just seniors um and the unemployment rate being at a 50-year low mitt was also cl- like he does this thing where he's like i'm here and i'm clapping for things you wouldn't expect a republican to clap for mm-hmm. um and he also had his little moments with um george santos yes that was interesting he was very spicy um yeah for Mitt romney so his, for Mitt romney. his mayo had a a splash of pepper in it, perhaps. A little sriracha in there. Yeah. I don't know about sriracha. Maybe black pepper. Maybe salt. Didn't he say, like, you don't belong here? Yeah. It, yeah. He literally said, you don't belong here. Um, and then Mr. Santo, Mr. Santos, George said, go tell that to the 142,000 that voted for me. Um, and apparently... Mitt also told reporters that George Santos is a sick puppy that shouldn't have been there. <laughs> Given the fact he's under ethics investigation, he should be sitting in the background being quiet instead of parading in front of the president. Which, like, yeah. I'm here for a criticism of George Santos, but it's also, like, Mitt is, <laughs> are you critiquing George because he was a drag queen for a minute? Because look right. around at your other your other Republican brothers and sisters and if you want to find ways in which they are 
fucked up and aren't serving um, the people that they are purported to be serving, you can find a million reasons. Um, but yeah. Maybe, you know, like Mitt kind of gets my goat because it's like, I'm glad he stands up for shit, even when it's not occasionally like, like yeah, but it's yeah. like he does it occasionally and he doesn't do it in a way that feels full throated because he like picks and chooses. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm glad you agree that insulin should not put a family into like, you know, debt and that, you know, George Santos is a shit bag, but like, there's plenty more, like plenty more you could realize uh, here, Mitt. You know, yeah, I I think that I mean he the example he gave when people asked him was about like the universities that Santos said he went to. So mm-hmm. I I don't think he was thinking of the drag stuff, or at least he didn't say that. But like, yeah, I I totally point taken, which is like there are so many unethical people doing unethical stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Mitt Romney's party and stands out to me that regardless of what he said, that it's like it's the one, it's it's that guy, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like when it, I mean, I guess he's. I mean, he's lied about so many things. Like, oh, so many! Like, didn't he say he like produced Spider Man or some shit? Oh, I don't remember that one. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, most things out of his mouth during the campaign were complete lies. Yeah, like, not even fabricated, not a lot like um, uh, embellished. Like that. No. I think Mitt also said like, well, when you embellish, that's like saying you got an A when you got an A minus. Like you're a liar when you say like you got an A at a school you didn't even attend. Like Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, I think that Mitt's, I think everything he says is fair about George Santos. I'm just like, why aren't you calling all the spades spades? You know? Yeah. Like, I'm not here to defend George. I'm just, no, I mean, Mitt, like you have the, like, you're so close, (laughs) you know, you can figure it out sometimes. Yeah. Also, um, I think which three, there were like a couple of Supreme Court justices who didn't show up. Um, I think Clarence Thomas and uh, who else? I thought there were an elite. I think Clarence Thomas and Alito didn't show up um, to the State of the Union, I'm pretty sure. I have to look that up, but um, which I thought was kind of like. Interesting. Yeah. You know. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's quite a statement. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Cause I'm, I mean, unless there's like a real, a real reason there. Um, another thing I thought was both like, okay, I'm glad this is happening. And also like Jesus Christ um, is Biden spoke to replacing lead pipes going to $10 million. 10 million homes and 400,000 schools and child care centers. And so I'm like, wow, that's a lot of people that will be positively impacted. I'm like, wait, have all these people been getting lead water this whole fucking time though? Oh, um, one yeah. of those, those moments. You're like, well, this is good, but it kind of, the implication yeah um is awful and oh he also went he was like over 25 percent of the national debt came from the last administration he kept saying check it out check it out um and i also learned i mean i maybe could have guessed but that you know we have the highest costs of farm of uh 
prescription medication in the world, which isn't surprising. Um, but another thing where you're like, this isn't like, we're not doing it right. Yeah. You know, um, we've fallen behind in a lot of ways, you know, as a country. And um, you can see every day the ways in which we are fucking up when it comes to our constituents outside of certain certain groups. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But and I also I love Jill Biden. <laughs> yeah. Just have she's that lovely. in my notes. I like Jill Biden. I do. I think she's a she's a good one. Yeah. 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 Another state of the union come and gone. <laughs> it happened. Uh it happened. Please. Please was... don't you did fine, but please don't run again. I know. I know. It's like he like again, his administration did do some things where I was like, you know what? Objectively that's good. Um, but we need someone else in charge. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um well the other things we had on our list quickly are just like Chinese spy balloons still being sketchy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think it's just funny that China wanted the balloon back, like as if we would do that. <laughs> I know. Well, and I'm like the fact that I wasn't aware of the balloon until the day, either the date was shot down or maybe the day before. Like I wasn't part of all the like the hoopla of people trying to shoot it down and stuff. Um mm-hmm. But them say it was a weather balloon. I was like, that doesn't seem no. correct. Uh, and then hearing that it's like, oh, no, they've, they're trying to get intelligence on other nations' militaries. It's a huge effort. Um, and they're like, no, it's a weather balloon. It's yeah. a weather balloon. It's like, no. And I'm like, I don't know how nervous to be about this. Like, I don't... Yeah. Bo and Yang. I literally, I also cannot <laughs> think about, like, when I think about the China balloon now, I think about Bo and Yang from yeah. SNL. Like, he is, um, he is the, the China balloon now. Um, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, like, we're kind of being, like, haha about this, but, like, is this really bad? I don't really have a good, like, measurement system at this point of, mm-hmm. like, beyond the obvious of, like, which threats. I need to be, like, add them to my, like, MySpace top eight of, like, impending doom mm-hmm. versus just, like, the general, like, mm, I guess they're trying to spy on us in this way. Yeah. Which I you guess know. is, like, totally normal. Countries yeah, it's what do they it all do. The time. They do it all the time. Like, is that better? I don't know. Um, so it certainly makes me nervous, but I feel like I don't. I don't know enough to add it to my my top eight, but um, certainly raise my hackles a bit. Yeah, it was like what are especially with the way in which they were like it's a weather balloon. Give it yeah. that, you know. I'm like you're just it's it was obviously like and it was over Montana, which like I don't even know that much, but I was like, isn't that where like a ton of like <laughs> missiles and like uh military and like just information and infrastructure are? 
No, it's where the weather is. It's It's where, like, for the weather. It's a really interesting place to study weather. Weather Weather No, we're we're looking at weather, and then our balloon just went over there. I don't know what happened. It's crazy. And, oh, yeah, it's in these other countries, too. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, like, very bold-faced lie. Yeah. Like, like, are you plotting something? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But that happened. We'll see. We'll um, see. We'll, we'll see about that. Um, the airline passenger bill of rights. Um, a couple of senators introduced an airline passenger's bill of rights that I think looks pretty pretty cool. Um, Ed Markey from Massachusetts and Richard Blumenthal of Connect I Cut uh, introduced it. Um, it seems like the all the Southwest bullshit kind of spurred this, but. Mm-hmm. It's not just Southwest. Um, but apparently there would be a minimum of $1,350 companies would be on the hook for to passengers who were desired, who were denied uh, boarding as a result of an oversold flight. They'd also have to pay for um, refunds with airline cause delays and cancellations. If bags are lost or harmed, airlines would have to give immediate refunds on bag fees. Mm-hmm. Um, it could also mean the ends of seat sizes getting smaller. Um, parents wouldn't be charged extra for choosing to sit next to their kids on flights, which is amazing because flying, I literally went on a flight with my daughter who was like seven months old and had to pay like a couple hundred dollars to sit next to her. They wanted to put Ugh. her in a seat by herself. That's insane. Really? Yeah. Like, wow. that was the automatic, like, oh, if you want to sit next to her, you have to pay for the seat change and pay for both of your seats. Wow. Wow. Which is, like, she was a baby. So if I had just done yeah. nothing, two random people would have just had to take care of my baby for the whole flight. That's crazy. Which is, like, and then because somebody's like, well, then don't have kids. It's like, well, but what? Fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. you should be able, as a human, we were all children and babies once. Like, if you're traveling... <laughs> You should be able to sit next to your baby. Like, do you want to take the risk going on a flight that you might just have to take care of someone else's baby for the whole flight? That would be really crazy. Yeah, no one wants that. No one wants to sign up for this, like, roulette. Yeah. Also, it's, like, very scary for a baby, like, to not be either of their parents on a flight. No, be in the middle of two strangers. That doesn't like, make any sense. <laughs> no. So, of course, everyone pays. It's like an added cost. And it's like, you know, if you're traveling with your small child, like, you most likely, like, need to get to the place that you're going to. Um, but they do other consumer protections as well, providing ticket refunds for flights delayed, um, providing alternate transportation, compensation, meals for delays that are played delayed longer than four hours um not lying about delay causes so if it's the airline's fault you can't use weather as the reason why you have to explain um the department of transportation has to explain why it has failed to impose penalties on airlines if they violate passenger rights etc etc so it's just sort of holding airlines more accountable when shit hits the fan and ensuring that like consumers are protected um, in various ways when they are flying. So from everything I've seen, I think it is a, a great, at least starting point um, to this type of legislation. Yes. 
subscribe into it. Carry into it. Yes. Um, cool. And then I guess the last thing we were just gonna side eye uh the Grammys for giving Dave Chappelle a Grammy for his um Netflix special, which was widely condemned for being transphobic. Yeah, and we both watched it and did a whole episode on it. Um mm-hmm. and it wasn't like the, it wasn't it was almost funny, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And there were others in the, I mean, not Louis C.K., but there were others <laughs> in the category, like Patton Oswalt, um, and others who I haven't seen their, their specials, so I can't speak to. But I, cool it wasn't Louis C.K., should not have been Chappelle either, because not only was it, like, transphobic and fucked up and missing the point and really, like, kind of depressing, um, because he is smarter than that it wasn't that funny no it wasn't that funny it was not you know or funny. smart it was like yep. almost like that was our whole frustration it's like it could have been like if you actually understood what you're saying about like trans people and how you are kind of a parody of yourself right now mm-hmm. you could turn this in like you're so close mm-hmm. like you're 80 percent loaded to understanding this issue but you're just kind of being an asshole and acting like being shitty is being edgy and being edgy is being funny and it's like no yep so it was kind of a bummer that um that they chose to you know celebrate him with this with this win but here for bonnie rates win though yeah wins multiple wins and a lot of the awards that were given i felt like were deserved i don't know i'm not like an official grammy commentator but right yeah, it felt like generally pretty evenly, yeah. you know, like I was happy with most of it. And then I was like rolling my eyes because, you know, I I just I mean, at some point they've got to give Beyonce the best album of the year. Come on. One day. And then Someday. did you have any thoughts about Harry Styles? Um, yeah, I think it was really I mean, I have nothing against Harry Styles, but I, I even he I was surprised to say when. I was surprised at his, like, people like me don't win these things. It's like, mm-hmm. eh, you walked right into what everyone was thinking. Like, yeah. you're a white, you're a, a cis white man or, you know, just because you right. are having, you you dress in, like, a little bit more of a progressive, gender-bendy, fun way doesn't make you, like. Yeah, you're still, like, a stereotypically <laughs> attractive white cis boy man. Right, who's, like, the Grammy's fave and, like, not generally marginalized or like it's not like you wouldn't get a grammy it's just sort of no and in that moment when he was beating beyonce it was a little bit like why would you (laughs) say that (laughs) yeah when beyonce like thanked the queer community for creating the genre of like electronic and dance music Mm -hmm. um then harry styles who i do like i feel like is a nice i feel like he's a nice boy but he's out here being like people like me don't win this yeah honey Wow. I'm pretty yeah, like you <laughs> I think I think it's cool he wears whatever he wants to wear and then he does wear like skirts and dresses and shit sometimes. Like go for it, dude. But also like you're not you haven't been discriminated against for that. Right. You've been celebrated for it. And I'm sure there are some people on the internet who like say mean shit to him and that's fucked up. Like he hasn't been like nothing's been taken from him. Right that um so it was just a little tone deaf yep um that he cis white straight as far as we know man um Mm -hmm. people like me 
Honey, it it's always people dumb. like you. <laughs> it was pretty like, dumb. I, I wish you the best, truly, but like, ugh. yeah. Mm mm. Mm mm. Agree. That was dumb. Agree. Anything else or any good things? <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> no, this point in the cycle. <laughs> no, I know. Now that we've gone through all the. I don't think I saw a single thing that felt good, really. Um. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think I, I don't, have anything. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I know Tony Hawk is um, is building a like skate park for Tyree Nichols. Um, and he's been... Donating proceeds from sales of an autographed photo to his uh, my memorial fund and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, Tony Hawk seems, I mean, not to, it's not about fucking Tony Hawk, but it's, it's, it's nice to see something that seemed to be a passion of Tyree Nichols, like that that will be a part of his story forever, that he'll be remembered in that way. And not just in the, like, violent, cruel way in which he was killed, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I think it's it's special that, he, that that's going to be there. And, of course, what would be better than anything is if he wasn't murdered um, for no reason. Yep. But that, that is true. Here yeah. we are. Um, so I'm glad there will be a space for, like, joy and his legacy that exists where he will get to exist as a memory as the person that he was and not just the way that he died. Yep. Agree. Agree. So, really that's glad that's, that's, sad. That's good nice. thing. Yeah. As I mean, a lot of our good things are just like sad things wrapped in something. Silver lining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Hey, it's better than nothing. Um, maybe next, next week someone will have solved global warming. That would be, like, real gangbusters. Then we would have a whole episode on a good thing. A whole it, Like, the episode. thing is, we would love to do that. We would love to, like, yeah. just be like, oh, what a great thing is that is happening. Um, yeah. Although you're going to start watching Last of Us, so that's a good thing. Too. That is a good thing. I think since we've run long, we will skip the We See You. <laughs> <laughs> um, our, our dumps tend to get big. I know. <laughs> they do. They really do. Um, but yeah, so that'll do it for us. Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Bye. Bye.